Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. I am the managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. You all know you can go there for all your exclusives, your news, your podcasts, your videos. Just last week, I talked to Tommy Dreamer, Johnny Impact, Eddie Edwards, Moose, Austin Aries. Who didn't I talk to from this show? Talked to a little bit of everybody. I talked to Madison Rain recently. Half this show... I've talked to, and if I didn't, Carlos Toro did. He has a uh, interview up with Pentagon. We're going to have stories from that all throughout the month of August. The benefits of having an awesome uh, Spanish language speaker on our staff that also speaks English. He's able to translate that for you all. So head over to FightfulWrestling.com. Get all your news there, my friends. Of course, if you are an Impact Wrestling fan and you want a little more of an Impact review than what you get elsewhere, we have FightfulSelect.com, which is our premium service. Uh, but you'll get all your basic, normal exclusives and all that stuff for free at Fightful.com. But Fightful Select is a nice additional service where we review Impact, 205 Live, NXT. We have weekly G1 wrap-up videos. You get uh, early access to the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, as well as several different uh, articles, news tidbits. Some stuff I post there for free. Others you uh, have to subscribe to. I do dark match commentary where I lay commentary over old uh, wrestling dark matches. We have the Weekender podcast where I review Impact, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite, talk about the injury list, talk about some exclusive news. Also, we had the uh, Members Only podcast with Derek Montilla today. Covers Arizona Diamondbacks and a little bit of pro wrestling as well. Did a movie review over there too. How It Ends was Trash. Check out FightfulSelect.com. Q&A podcast going up this week. Two retro reviews next month for you. TNA, Unbra- TNA Unbreakable 05, which I will make public at the end of the month for non-subscribers. And WWF SummerSlam 1992. Enough with the plugs. FightfulSelect.com. If you want to support this show, that's a nice way to go over there and do that. Otherwise, just keep hitting those clickety clacks on fightful.com and fightfulwrestling.com we've got impact wrestling slammiversary to talk about and we are talking about one of the best shows when all is said and done this year we're going to be looking back at impact slammiversary as one of the top shows in north america all year long this was an outstanding show from top to bottom with the exception of one match i thought this was just great Uh, I did think that as far as in-ring action, it did peak early. But that being said, it was good all the way around. 
I joked on Twitter and said that Impact Wrestling had their coming out party 16 years into their existence. You know, I am watching TNA Unbreakable as I have free time and reviewing that for a retro review for FightfulSelect.com. But I look back and that was one of the peaks of TNA to me. This right here is a nice reintroduction. This is a way when you're charging people 40 bucks for a pay-per-view, that's an uphill battle, my friend. You got to let these people go all out, and Impact Wrestling did that tonight. This was an outstanding show that I highly recommend. I can't say enough positive about this show. It's unreal. The thing is, this shouldn't be unreal. This should be the norm for Impact, for WWE, for ROH. But there's something that always seems to happen, whether it's pace whether it's just matches not delivering to the level in which they need to, whether it's bad booking decisions, something like that. And we'll talk about that, that main event. But just really good. Hats off to everybody at Impact Wrestling from from their PR that had us on calls and interviews all week long to just the in-ring to the announcing tonight, tonight, I thought Josh Matthews and Don Callis did an awesome job. And Josh Matthews is a guy who I criticized early and often. I thought those two, phenomenal. Let's talk about how things looked first off. The ring was a different color, uh, or the mat was a little bit lighter. The ring ropes were yellowish, greenish, a nice different touch. The only thing I, I don't necessarily like, well, I do like the difference in the look in the venue. When you shoot wrestling up from the floor and you have lights beaming down, that can be a bit of a nuisance. I mean, I can tell you right now, as I film this, I have a light that shines on my face. Just It's just better for the viewer to see, see me better. That bothers me. <laughs> it bugs me. So having a light beaming down through the cameras, that's that's kind of almost a production no-no, but that being said, the wrestling was so goddamn good, I kind of forgot there was a light shining in my eyes the whole time. They could not have asked for a better crowd for this show. Orlando, you know, I love Orlando. I got to visit there last year, got to go to a show at Full Sail. Orlando can piss off as far as Impact's concerned. I know it's been their home for almost over for well over a decade, but Toronto was the right call for this place. Hopefully New York delivers as well. They did announce during the show in October, Impact is going to New York City for uh, Bound for Glory. Let me check the venue right quick. The Melrose Ballroom in New York City, October 14, 2018. Now, this show was sold out, and I got to thank Impact Wrestling. They still accommodated Melissa our uh, sometimes producer on Wednesdays. I had a bit of an assignment for Melissa because, and I thought this was really the the right person to send here because Melissa is a completely blank canvas. And I don't just mean that mentally. She is a blank canvas as far as wrestling goes. She's watched a little bit here and there. She's asked me for some match recommendations. But other than that, she doesn't know a lot about pro wrestling. So I wanted her to go and watch Impact Wrestling 
without the history of what Impact used to be or what TNA used to be or Dixie Carter or Jeff Jarrett or Ed Nordholm or anybody like that. So I wanted Melissa to go there and watch this show completely brand new. And I'm really, really excited to hear her thoughts. So often on the Listen Your Boy or Post Raw and Post Smackdown shows, we talk about the casual fan. The fan that, the elusive casual fan. Melissa's not even a casual fan. She's just a complete outsider. And I want to see what somebody like that thought of this show that myself and so many others thought was an outstanding show. I want to know what she thought was completely stupid, what she thought hit, what she thought missed. So we will get that uh, throughout the week. Uh, Thank you to Impact for making that happen. Uh, I, I hit them up. I said, hey, can you accommodate? I know you're sold out. They said, yep, we'll make it work, and they did. So uh, thank you to Impact for being willing to uh, try something new. And I've got people from Impact messaging me right now, one of which says, I literally just punched the air. That is a good thing. They are very excited about their performance. Let's get into this show. I thought match of the night was the first match of the night, one without any story, and that's saying something. Rich Swan was forced out of this match. He suffered a concussion at MLW on Thursday night. Petey Williams replaced him. Petey Williams, a pretty solid person to have slide in there, right? You would never be able to tell this guy had three years off if you didn't know, if I didn't tell you. Shout-outs to my guy, Dennis Farrell. Dennis Farrell has podcasts right now with a guy who's in WWE, backstage all the time, Ellsworth. And Petey Williams, a guy who's backstage at Impact. It's not something you see a lot. So the reason why these types of matches, these fatal four ways can be so explosive and so just wild and you don't have to go through a lot of selling is because you have the excuse there. You have the out, you have four guys. So you don't have to focus the camera on so much selling. And they really like my, my review of this and my match ratings that will release in the morning on fightful.com. Don't do this any justice. The only bad spot I saw in this was when Johnny impact, kind of had a uh, a Christian Scott Steiner apron spot happen where he thought he was being sent into the apron, but he wasn't, and he ate it. This, this was just so good. Phoenix does something like a quintuple jump super Frankensteiner to John Johnny Impact. He has a hold of Impact, does a couple of jumps, yanks Impact up to the second rope, and then does a does a Hurricane Rana, just outstanding. Spot after spot, really wild. A great crowd. The best possible crowd for this. Uh, Impact did mess up Bone Soldier on the, the nameplate. It put, put Bone Solider. Eh. An outstanding ovation for the sharpshooter out of a Canadian Destroyer attempt. You knew they had to hit a Canadian Destroyer in this match. And when they did, it was great. Uh, there was an Ishimori... Tilt a world head scissors. It looks like it could have hit hurt him more than it did Phoenix. Phoenix, by the way, just unreal, and he's in there with three other unreal competitors. Uh, for as much trash as I used to give Johnny Impact, I never liked some of his strikes, some of his punches. Boy, he has been good in matches like this. This is a great match to set the tone. We end up with a bit of a super kick party. Everybody ends up down. There was a Canadian destroyer that saw Petey Williams sit up after he did it, and Phoenix killed him with a double stomp. Awesome. 
Starship Pain gets the win for Johnny Impact. This was just real good. Uh, I'll explain to you guys on my match ratings. A typical TV match on my match ratings, it's a 5 out of 10. Just standard. And you have to be pretty offensive to slide below that 5. Once you get up to 6, you're getting into good stuff. 7 is really good stuff. 8 is outstanding. I gave this one an 8. Really, really good, fast-paced. Capture everybody's attention. And if somebody's watching, they, they see this and they're like, all right, I didn't waste my money tonight. I did not waste my money tonight. Up next, Tessa Blanchard defeated Allie in what I thought was one of the best women's matches on North American TV this year. I'm glad Allie's back to wearing actual ring gear. The leggings and the shredded shirt was kind of odd. It didn't look good on her. It looked like, I mean, it really looked like she was just not wrestling. I don't know. And I usually, I mean, like, I don't think Sue Young's gear is particularly offensive. But for Allie, because I had seen her wear gear for so long, her showing up in just straight up leggings and a shredded shirt, I was like, what the hell? What's going on here? A little bit odd. A little bit odd. Tessa was going 100 miles an hour. But she's good enough to do it, man. I've said it on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast almost any time we review Impact. She is built like a star. She her, her gear makes her look like a star. She wrestles like a star. She talks like a star. WWE's loss is, is Impact's gain. And if she can keep her uh, much fabled attitude, which is brought up on commentary, under control, then she's going to be good. She, I think she is... If you have her and Allie performing like she did in this match, and you have Kiara Hogan, I don't know what her contract status is, Scarlett Bordeaux, that's four pretty good names. Rosemary ain't coming back anytime soon. They got rid of Sienna. I didn't think Sienna fit the profile of what Impact has going right now. So Allie suplexes Tessa into the corner, but Tessa (laughs) was out brawling and out wrestling her, including some shades of Paul Jones with the Indian Deathlock. I think she should just call that move the Shades of Paul Jones. Because I know she references that uh, pretty often. <clears throat> An Alley Valley driver hits on the floor very well. Then there's a big lung blower in the ring for her. Tessa gets this super solid Frankensteiner off the top rope. It just connected. It planted Alley. That's the way <laughs> it was just solid. Great back and forth. Great back and forth. Codebreaker sends Tessa outside, but a super kick doesn't get it done either. Now, I did have an issue on this show. It seemed like there were at least, you know, the codebreaker and the lung blower are very similar moves. And it seemed like there were like nine of those tonight and three cutters. I would have maybe changed that. Tessa gets the win with a hammerlock DDT. Great performance out of Allie. Great performance out of Tessa. They had to heat Tessa back up. They they sacrificed her a little bit for whatever the fuck they did with Madison Rain, which I will go off on later. But, man. It was just... It was really good. It, this this is what Impact Wrestling's knockout division needs to be. Not the smoke and mirrors and the horse shit. 
just this. This was a perfect example of how good women's wrestling could be without limitations. And that's not often something we even get to see in WWE right now. House of Hardcore match. Here is a funny story. I didn't want Melissa to research anything ahead of this, and she did. And she mentioned to me uh, the other day that she was excited for the House of Hardcore match because she found out what that was. And I was like, Melissa, come on. You can't you can't be doing that. You got to go in just completely blind. She found out what a House of Hardcore was. But if she was excited for that, then she got quite a bit of excitement because several matches fit this profile. I had some real problem with Eddie Edwards' acting performances early on, but he got a little more into it and settled in, did really well. I talked to him uh, about this, and Tommy Dreamer said that He's big on keeping his stipulations. Like he said, he would never face Raven again and hasn't since Hardcore Justice. Wouldn't do any ECW reunions and wouldn't. When I asked Eddie Edwards what <laughs> what uh, stipulation would you put on, he immediately said, "Leave my wife alone." There you go. Also, Eddie Edwards told me that he doesn't think Davy Richards is retired for good. He sees Richards coming back after school. He wants to be a doctor mm-hmm. and. He sees a Wolves run again down the line. Spoke very highly of WWE and how they treated him during their tryout. Uh, a lot of stuff there. That interview is up at youtube.com slash Fightful. We also have articles on there. He immediately got like a trash can over the head and got stapled in the head. One of my favorite spots of this entire show was Tommy Dreamer grabbing an ECW replica belt out of the crowd, kissing it, and hitting Eddie Edwards in the head with it. That was such a neat spot. And I, I messaged our, our boy at Leather by Dan, at Belt Fan Dan. I was like, hey, man, he does a lot of reselling. I was like, how much does a ring-used Tommy Dreamer ECW replica title with Eddie Edwards' blood go for these days? That's cool. That's a cool collector's piece for whoever has it. An ECW replica title with Eddie Edwards' blood on it? If I'm Impact, I'm first off, I'm finding that guy in the crowd and I'm wiping that down. But that was so cool. Edwards scores a big suicide dive. (laughs) One of my notes said, it's a good thing Tommy Dreamer innovates violence because he just steals other people's shit in the ring. (laughs) Like If you all watched my retro review of uh, Hardcore Heaven, 95 on FightfulSelect.com. I think ECW killed the DDT. Everybody did them, and only Raven did them well. Dreamer was a big part of that, but he did a cutter as well, but the cutter was very good. I mean, he's he's all the time, all the time, just stealing people's moves. Dreamer wears out Edwards with a cane and punches him right in the penis on the top rope to set up a Spicoli driver through, I think it was a table. It may have been chairs, but either way, Spicoli driver hit. Dreamer, or it was it was uh, chairs, I think. Dreamer gets a table and lighter fluid, but Eddie Edwards does the uh, Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre, DDT. 
Boston knee party into a chair for the win. The crowd wasn't happy about the lack of fire. It was a little bit anticlimactic after they teased it. You almost always have to pay it off. Alicia Edwards, Eddie's wife, comes out after uh, Edwards looks like he's going to go back for the cane. But Dreamer hands over the cane to Eddie Edwards and sort of passes the torch. They made a lot of this on commentary. And normally I don't like that, just handing off your gimmick to somebody, but Edwards needed this, man. He He's one of those guys that dipshits will often call, Will Midget. <laughs> and he is kind of bland otherwise. But this new gimmick has breathed new life into him. And, you know, the segments are cheesy. They are a little weird. They are a little different. But he needs that. He needs different. He needed to be pulled out of his comfort zone. And I didn't ever think that Tommy Dreamer would be the guy to do it. But he sure did it. He he did. Tommy Dreamer had his best performance in a decade and a half. He looked great. The right kind of match. X Division Championship. Cage defeated Matt Seidel to win the X Division Championship. So this match was not for me. It really did seem like move, 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 move. Cage seem Cage seems like he gasses out quite a bit. No pun intended. Cage was launching Seidel around, including a sing bomb on the apron. Seidel tweaked his knee outside. It's hard to portray a guy half Cage's size as the heel, which is why they had to show the smarmy Seidel promo before the match. There is a head and neck choke over the ropes where essentially Seidel is hanging backwards over the ropes and has a, a head scissors on Cage, but Cage is holding his legs on it. It doesn't make any sense. Why is he holding on to it? I don't know. There was a neat-looking inverted Samoan drop from Cage, and I just felt like they were going to do run out of moves to do soon. The crowd just didn't seem as hyped for this match as the others, and it had the benefit of a title on the line, too. Shooting star press misses for Seidel. And then Cage turns Seidel inside out with a clothesline for two. Cage caught Seidel in the air to go for a drill claw. But Seidel rolls him up for a pin uh, attempt. Didn't get it working. Now, there's a scary spot, man. Horrifying spot. I've seen Seidel do hundreds of shooting star presses in my life. And this one went really bad. Cage was a little bit too close to the ropes. And Seidel did his shooting star press and his shins or his ankles clipped the ropes. And fortunately, he was okay after this. But Cage immediately, he's like, yep, let's go ahead and drag him over here. Drill claw, pin. There was no big title celebration. They cut out of there. They just got the hell out. Nuh-uh, just go away. Had to. You didn't know if Seidel was okay or not. Uh, I'm I'm told that he is, but that was very scary. I'm glad he is. I thought the two underwhelming matches were back-to-back. Impact Knockouts champion Sue Young defended her championship against Madison Rain. 
Another cheap plug for FightfulSelect.com. I talk about it on the Weekender podcast every time I review Impact Wrestling. I don't get the Madison Rain push. I get it. Uh, She wasn't supposed to be an in-ring competitor, and she's a mom! Is she's a mom supposed to be an underdog story? Okay, then Lacey Evans is an underdog. Doesn't work like that. You want me to think that she's an underdog when she beats everybody on the roster clean as a sheet? Including Tessa Blanchard, your hot new new name twice? I'm supposed to think she's like some sort of underdog? But you constantly remind me she is a five-time knockouts champion. What? It doesn't doesn't equate. She does the slowest goddamn Hurricane Rana I have ever seen in my life. What does it say that Sue Young is getting chance over the super babyface push that Madison's got? I don't know. One of the bridesmaids holds rain, which for some reason causes a five count from the ref instead of a DQ. Young accidentally spits in her face. There's a ripcord cutter from Madison for two. Uh, Sue Young applies the mandible claw to counter a reverse DDT and wins. Madison's cell of the mandible claw was fantastic. Her facial expressions especially. You can't really sell the mandible claw unless you're just screaming around and you're you're shaking and stuff. And you don't want to overdo that because that's how everybody's going to sell it. So how Madison sold it, I thought was great. She like was just completely frozen, and then her eyes rolled back in her head. You know, for all the criticism I can give Madison Rain this match and everything else, I thought that cell was just a plus, just really, really good stuff. Then they kind of abduct. I don't I don't understand. They abducted Madison Rain and Josh Matthews just watches his wife get abducted in a coffin. A coffin. Loved the finish. Didn't like very much else from this match. It shouldn't have been Madison Rain. You should not have gotten Madison Rain to this point at the expense of everybody else. And I do mean everybody else too. Let me let me just take a look here. I know that she beat Tessa Blanchard twice leading up to this. Not only that, I mean she's on ROH TV too, I do believe. Uh, but she had she, yeah, she de- defeated Casey Spinelli. She defeated Tessa Blanchard, Ty Valkyrie, Tessa Blanchard again. I don't like that. I don't like that. She she beat Giselle Shaw even a few months back. Not my jam. Not my jam. I would have had somebody else here. I would have rather had a super push for Kiara Hogan, a brand new girl who hasn't had this opportunity and is way better in the ring and could have have lost this. And if you – where's Madison Rain going from here? Nowhere. Whatever. 
Impact Tag Team Championships. 5150 Street Fight. LAX, which, by the way, for those confused, LAX is managed by Conan. That is Ortiz and Santana, the new iteration of LAX. The original LAX are now known as the OGs. They are managed by Eddie Kingston. I am into the new face paint from LAX, and I was just curious to see who Hernandez was going to kill tonight. This was going to be messy. It was always going to be messy. But I want to compliment Impact for their ability to... They peppered in their hardcore matches. There was a buffer in between each hardcore match. So dives from both members of LAX. You can piss off with the shots of the skull. I don't want to see these guys getting CTE. It's it's easy to say on commentary, they'll get fired if they do that. We don't want them to get CTE. It's okay. You can say that. People will understand. Hernandez, 45 years old, flies over the top rope onto LAX. Then Homicide pulls out some freaking Drano. Never got paid off. Mav IMG in the, the YouTube live chat. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe, please. Says it's Dead President's face paint. Yep. There was a long time to set up and knock down some failed double team moves in the corner. I wasn't big on that, but Hernandez does a sit down powerbomb for two. I thought it was hilarious when Santana screamed, fuck you, while doing a lion salt. Just really great. There was a doomsday blockbuster. But Hernandez pulls the ref out, and then Homicide does a suicide senton to the outside. Basically, a somersault tope through the second and third ropes, middle and top ropes, onto one of the members of LAX, through a table. That was so smooth. I I watch a guy like Homicide, and I think, man... He's the type of guy who seemed like he was going to be 34 or 35 forever. He's 41 now. He's wrestled since 1993. 93, you guys. How didn't ECW just pick up on him even early on? Like he, I, I don't know the, the history of him in the 90s, but my God, he was he would have been a perfect fit. But I am so glad to see him back in the fold and doing stuff like this. That was one of my favorite spots of the, of the show, too. Go back and watch that. Uh, go to Total Divas Eps on, on Twitter. They have a nice gif of it. There was an Impact Wrestling chant in 2018. Now, keep in mind, as I said, I've been watching Unbreakable 05, and you had TNA chants back then, and it really felt like it was something. It wasn't just people chanting TNA because they liked what was on. People chanted TNA because they didn't like what was on WWE at that point. They didn't like Luther Reigns and Kenzo Suzuki and La Resistance and the tag team division being crapped on. They didn't like that. They didn't like the the roided out freaks that couldn't work, that were being put on TV. And people would chant TNA because you get stuff like that. I feel like there there was a bit of that tonight in the Impact Wrestling chant. 
this this was really good. This was a special show. Homicide gets suplexed through some thumbtacks, and then a big splash from Santana gets the win. Somebody in the live chat said, this man said GIF instead of GIF, SMH. Yeah, uh, so did the guy who invented the fucking term GIF. The OGs attack Conan and LAX after the match. They spray paint the tag team titles. This was really good. Also really good. Mask versus hair. Pentagon, Sammy Callahan. You know, I... I, at some point, well, first off, after the first match, I was almost bummed out because I was like, man, they're going to have a tough time living up to this. And the pace, sure, they had a tough time living up to it. But I forgot about that. You know why? There was good stories being told. And there was good wrestling. There was good brawling. There was good flying. I'm not going to accuse any of these matches of being like catch wrestling masterpieces. You didn't see a lot of a lot of excellent chain wrestling. This show didn't need it. Maybe another show will need it. Maybe another show for another crowd. This is the Toronto crowd. They're familiar with House of Hardcore. Give them a House of Hardcore style show. That's what they did. So this is Mask versus Hair. Pentagon and Callahan do a missed bottle spot or a, a bottle shot where they crack a, a bottle over Pentagon's head and then a missed chop to the post that David Bixenspan, uh, one of our contributors, said that they saw at MLW. So, mm. Callahan cracks Pentagon with a chair, then takes a railroad spike to Pentagon's eye. Yuck. There's a lot of battling with the, 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 <laughs> the Pentagon spike, or the, the uh, railroad spike, rather, including Pentagon taking one and then tink, hammering it in. Had a great sound effect. A corner lung blower gets two. There's a, a big trade with the chairs. That was that was kind of cool. I just, you know, I, I worry about the brain health. Pentagon goes to break Callahan's arm. This is the point of contention for a lot of people. The breaking of arms. I think even within the world of pro wrestling, when they say, oh, he broke his arm, I don't think it means he literally broke a guy's arm. If he did that, they wouldn't be on TV for four months. So I'm a little more forgiving of that. It, it is accentuated. It's like saying somebody's 6'10". Whenever they're they're six eight, so Pentagon goes to break Callahan's arm, and OVE come out and kind of attack Pentagon. Now Pentagon take took way too long setting this up, and Callahan got out, but Pentagon fights off OVE and gets blinded by powder and ends up breaking the ref's arm. (laughs) A Pentagon driver lands. I think that's one of the best moves in pro wrestling history. I love that move. I mean, you know I'm going to like me a good quarter Nelson or three-quarter Nelson anyway. I mean, damn. But you had the pump handle in there into a little bit of a package pile driver powerbomb slam. Ooh, it's perfect. Perfect. Ref is down. A stuff pile driver onto some chairs gets two. Then a ref, because a new ref came out. You get the fear factor. Package pile driver on some chairs. I really think this should have been the win. I think, because before, after this, uh, an arm breaker and a package pile driver get the win. But Pentagon was in disbelief of Callahan kicking out of the fear factor on the chairs and sold it really, really well. 
So um, I just I think you could have went the other way and it been like, oh my god, Callahan kicked out after he got his fucking arm broken. Pardon my language. Uh, after he got his arm broken, and then Pentagon's like, the hell with this package pile driver on the chairs that gets it done. But you know what? Still good. There was something for everybody on this show. OVE tried to keep Sammy from getting his haircut, but Pentagon beats them up. And Phoenix, with security, runs Sammy back. You know, part of me, I'm wondering why Eddie Edwards wouldn't come back out swinging that cane that he just got handed. Because he told me on an interview that's published on our site that it'll never be over between him and Callahan. Callahan gets his head shaved. Crowd wanted the beard gone too, but it didn't happen. Uh, also, guys, uh, I got to send my condolences to uh, people in Toronto. Uh, at least one dead, nine injured, including a child in a mass shooting in Toronto. And I believe it's pretty near, It's I think it's near where Melissa lives. So she's okay, uh, but but man, it was just, <sighs> when will that shit end? Room all that shit in. Kind of a bummer, man. Kind of a bummer, kind of a damper. Uh, this match was a good story. Callahan got his head shaved. OVE are great cronies. Sammy Callahan is gross, man. He plays the sick guy so well. Just frothing and snotting and ugh. the stuff that he does in the ring <laughs> damn man just gross he plays it well and there's not a lot of people who do great character work like him but impact is going heavy on the character work Sometimes they're out, I don't want to say out Lucha, they are out Lucha undergrounding, Lucha underground, with some of their own guys at that. And the Lucha underground talent exchange is the best thing that could have happened to Impact. Because of that, they're able to use Sammy Callahan, they're able to use Pentagon, they're able to use so many other people. Taya Valkyrie, who, you know, eh, but just, just really, really good. Main event. Austin Aries defeated Moose to retain the Impact Heavyweight Championship. Now, I talked to Austin Aries ahead of this, too, and he told me that he slimmed down, and he spoke very highly of the Impact locker room. And it is the sentiments that I've been that I, that i had echoed to me from everybody. It's not just a PR thing where they're saying, oh, the Impact locker room's a lot better. There's a lot more confidence in Scott Demore and Don Callis because look at the effort they got out of these guys. And look, the proof is in the pudding, man. People are talking positively about Impact Wrestling. Also talk to Moose. He's opening. He's open to working with Stokely Hathaway. Would not talk to me about uh, WWE's interest in him in 2015 when they wanted him as a ringer for Tough Enough. But um, said there's a lot of pressure on him as a former football star to come in and do well as a, as a pro wrestler. Because he knows that there have been football players that come in and they they suck. I really thought they were going to belt Moose. I thought he was it was time. I believe he's under contract until 2020. And 
it was just I thought it was his time. That being said, man, Aries is a good shit heel. He really is. Uh, they one up each other in the athleticism department, which is a cool sight to see. Moose is sent into the crowd to a great reaction. All, Aries follows with some nice kicks. He really turned into those kicks, and, and I liked it. Uh, Aries pokes Moose in the eyes. So Aries is punching Moose. And Moose is like kind of taking him and then doing the Moose chant. And then Aries is like, well, to hell with you. Pokes him in the eye. <laughs> Why not? Why wouldn't he do that? It made sense. It's followed up by a sick Moose headbutt. Now, when Moose stumbled back, I was like, damn, did he really did he really get a piece of that? So he sold me a ticket there. Some great corner drop kicks. A go to hell for uh, Moose gets a two. That's uh, basically a sky high. Aries does the bell clap. <laughs> Love it. Essentially a Mongolian chop around the ears. But it just serves to walk him into uh, a clothesline. I loved Aries' counter of the spear. He stuffed the spear. For those of you who don't know what that is, when you're trying to shoot in for a double leg takedown and you the the defender sprawls their body out, you, you shoot your legs out from a standing position out. That way you can base out. You don't get your uh, ass behind or ass underneath your hips and uh, slide down. You don't fall down. You don't get taken down. It's to base your balance. And then from there, you can walk your body around, take the turtle position, take somebody's back for a waist lock. Any number of things. That's that's the best way I can explain it. You're using it to avoid having your, your legs taken out from under you. And Aries did that, sprawled out, hit the last chancery, which is, you know, a nice-looking move. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, Aries has made it his own. A strike trade on the apron leads to a Death Valley driver on it from Aries, and then kind of a weak series of swings uh, into the barricade from Moose. Aries pulls the ref in front of him and kicks Moose right in the penis. A brain buster and a spear almost get the win for Moose, but Aries grabs the ropes. Moose then throws Aries into the crowd from the ramp. That is a very cool spot. And when Aries gets back to the ramp, Moose is in the ring and tries to dive over onto the ramp, but no water in the pool. Aries really goes at Moose with some uh, discus forearms and elbows. <clears throat> but a brain buster on the outside almost gets the count out uh, for Aries to win. Aries tries to use the title, but Curtis Granderson, a former all-star for the Toronto Blue Jays, local to the area, grabs it from him. He's also done a little stuff for Impact in the past. And I'm talking like nine years ago in the past, in his prime. But Granderson grabs the title from him. Aries gets rolled up by Moose, but then gets up, hits a brain buster, and wins. Granderson goes in, hands him the title. I did not see this coming. This was, you know, surprising, to say the least. To say the least, I thought for sure Moose was going to be their franchise player. He is Mr. Impact Wrestling. So, Aries, you know, he's still got his toes dipped in a lot of different stuff. And I don't see him slowing down. 
I mean, why would he sign anywhere? He's getting dates all the time. 40 years old, he's getting as many dates as he's ever gotten. I mean, I don't think he's wrestled in like three weeks, though, leading up to this. I'm pretty sure his last match was best in the world, so maybe not. But he did a big tour in Australia where he wrestled like, I think, six, seven matches over a few days. But other than that, he's usually wrestling 10, 11 times a month. Pretty sure. Whenever he wants to. So he's still on Ring of Honor TV, uh, or at least was last month. Curious, interesting, different. I'll I'll reserve my judgment and see where it goes. So, you know, there, there are stories to be told with this. Will Moose doubt himself? Will they just completely ignore that Moose just lost this? I don't know. Again, guys, if you all want to see weekly reviews of Impact Wrestling, FightfulSelect.com has it. Uh, I want to definitely encourage you guys. Maybe this is your first time checking out a Fightful.com review. Head over to FightfulWrestling.com. We do uh, wrestling journalism in a different way, and we have a ton of exclusives. We are up there in the upper echelon. Few break more stories than us or have more inside news than us. We are really working hard to make that happen. We do a little bit of everything from exclusives to interviews, even to aggregation. We do that too because we know that if you don't get everything at Fightful.com, you will go elsewhere to get it. So we try to give it to you there. FightfulSelect.com. You want bumper stickers? You want shirts? You want those dumbass SRS masks they're giving out? How about a bi-weekly Q&A podcast? That's over there. Fightful photo galleries. Outtake footage. Behind-the-scenes footage. We have an NXT and 205 Live review podcast. We have the monthly members-only podcast. We have a monthly retro review podcast. Bi-weekly dark match commentary. We have matches out of Jimmy Van's archives that myself and Jimmy Van do uh, commentary over. How about weekly UFC rankings breakdowns? I do a monthly podcast called If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot, where I break down pro wrestling cards as if they were shoots, who would win based on the stipulations, and I break down UFC cards based on who I think UFC would want to win if they could control that. Also, uh, behind-the-scenes news, early access to articles. I have articles that won't be up for over a month. They're up on FightfulSelect.com right now. You can get a copy of Jimmy Van's book. You can get early access to Wikipedia Fact Check, Making a Finisher, Stupid People Extended, all kinds of stuff, all the way up to where you can get a sponsor slot on a Fightful.com podcast. You can even appear on a Fightful.com podcast. Oh, by the way, there are levels where you can pick a column, pick an alternate commentary, pick a retro review, hot dog. What? You're taking money out of my pocket by putting some in. I got to do all this work for you. How am I able to do this? I don't know. And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. I thought this show ruled. This was such an incredible show. It reminded me so much of the prime TNA days mixed with a little bit of ECW. Because it did have that hardcore aspect to it. And it needed that. I think it needed that for this crowd. I mentioned it before. This has kind of turned into a little bit of a uh, House of Hardcore territory. And they went at it. 
and they they gave the crowd what they wanted to see almost all night. Impact Wrestling did a great job. And I am really excited to see what comes out of this. I am excited to watch Impact Wrestling on TV this week. And I'm really happy for the people at Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, you know, we, we get some access to them. We got interviews uh, with them. Just uh, just really, really good. I, and Again, I hate the damper that happened in Toronto where uh, eight people taken to the hospital for the shooting. Tragic. Tragic, man. Let's um, keep those people uh, definitely in our minds and in our thoughts because Toronto is a very, very special place to me. And I mean, hey, people in general are special to me. I appreciate all of you all who tune in and watch and support this type of thing. I mean, my job is to talk to you guys and to watch wrestling and to write about wrestling and to talk to wrestlers and relay that to you guys. So, uh, you know, something like that happening in a town where our parent company is. It's close to home, man. Hope everybody uh, ends up being okay. Guys, leave me a thumbs up. Subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Ross Sapp. You can follow us at Fightful Online. I want to thank you all so much for joining me. I had a blast watching this show. I had a blast covering this show. I had a blast talking to you guys. Until next time, we're out.